Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, it finally happened. After a month's worth of games, the Blue Jays finally lost a series, this time losing two out of three to the New York Yankees. The Jays are now 16 and 10, two and a half games back of the AL East. But Riley, before we get into that, check out your nice new jersey you got there. Looks nice. Looks fresh. Thanks, man. Just picked her up, um, I think, a couple days ago. Couldn't have came at a better time. Let's hop right into it, man. Yeah, Matt let's Chapman go. is Matt Chapman finally kind of picking it up a little bit. Um, let's talk about him for a second. He had a home run yep. in our only victory of the series, which, you know mm-hmm. what, is, I guess, a shining spot in a dark lit three games for us. <laughs> um, his other hit was a double, went for an RBI as well. Um I think the other cool stat we'll talk about Matt Chapman is he threw the second hardest ball of his career across the diamond uh, for the last out to Vlad, who made a great play. Wasn't the most accurate throw, but it was in Vlad's vicinity to uh, make the play, uh, which is great. And just good defense still for Matt Chapman. But like I said, in the preseason, when we acquired him, that's something you got to expect. I can't remember the exact number, Jesse. Uh, did you say 89% of the plays to him are being converted the best in franchise history? Yeah. The um, 89% of ground balls hit the third base are being converted into outs, uh, which is, I don't know if it's the highest in franchise history, but it's the highest in a long time. And uh, Jace, like we said, when we got Matt Chapman, we want to see these things happen and they're turning into outs. Just what we signed up for with Matt Chapman. Exactly, man. And the one strikeout, I just want to make that clear. One strikeout over three games. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, like I know it's only a couple hits and some good defense, but when you're cutting down your strikeout rate substantially over a small, small series, that's still that's still good, man. Hopefully this keeps up. Again, I'm really happy I bought this, man. This is money well spent. Um, this is not from the Rogers Center. This is from another website. Uh, Rogers Center, you guys still need to clean it up. Uh, my boy, Jesse Burrell, needs uh, needs one of his guys, too. Yeah, we're working on that there. A quick little recap of the games here. Game one, Jays lost that game 3-2 to two to the Yankees. We had a multi-hit game from both Bo Bichette and George Springer. Uh, Yankees stole three bases on Taylor Heineman there. And Glaber Torres had a game-winning RBI single off Yumi Garcia or Jimmy Garcia in the ninth. Game two, it's kind of a blowout. Yankees won that game 9-1. to one. Jays go 1-11 for 11 with runners in scoring position. We gave up six runs in the seventh and two more in the ninth. And that was the first time in a long time the Jays lost an Alec Manoa start. And probably more importantly, the Jays go to 1-1 one and one on loony hot dog nights. So important stat there. Uh, game three of the series, the Jays rebounded. We got a dub. Jays won two to one. We got a home run from your guy right there, Matt Chapman, hitting it 420 feet, too. is quite a bomb. We got a clutch RBI single from Vlad to score Bo Bichette. And Kikuchi, Tim Meza, Jimmy Garcia, and Jordan Romano shut the door down to at least salvage the last game of the series there. It's definitely good not getting swept. Um, the 7-1 game, I think it was 8-1, 7-1. 9-1 final. No, 9-1. So even yeah. worse than I thought. I, that was, I'll be honest, that was one of the games I kind of tuned out of in the last <laughs> seven, seven inning because it was, it was hard to watch. There was some um, calls that didn't go in our favor. Yes. But also, you know what? At the end of the day, too, there were some calls that didn't go the Yankees' way um, as we saw that uh, Boone got ejected in that final game. Um, Very entertaining so to watch, by it the way, was, for what it's worth. <laughs> honestly, it was, it was a kind of a crapshoot of a series against the Yankees. The Yankees are hot. Um, mm-hmm. the Blue, Blue Jays are a little cold right now. We'll get into talking more about that as the show goes on, but yeah, definitely not our best series, but we do have to remember that the Yankees are a hot team right now. And statistically we're bound to lose a series. I mean, sadly going into this series, Jesse, we predicted, um, that we would take one of three and lose and two. Yep. Um, 
again, though, it was just one of those things. It's hard to lose a game by eight runs, though. That's that kind of ticks me. That's another reason I kind of didn't stick it out. You know, you never want to see your guys get beat up that bad. Yeah, it's it's uh, it'll affect the run differential for sure. As the Jays win more one-one games, and when they lose, they lose big there. Um, I do want to get right into our three up, three down here. And uh, I want to talk about, you got to talk about your guy. I want to talk about my guy. You say Kikuchi. That's more like it, my man. Six innings, only three hits, only one walk, which is probably the big news there. One earned run allowed and seven strikeouts. So he still did leave a lot of pitches over the plate, but it's so much better to see that against a division rival. 15 swinging strikes in this one too. This was the start we wanted to see out of Yusei Kikuchi. And I really hope that this is something now that he can build on and he can be this guy we thought he could be going forward. I thought that Kikuchi, um, I didn't think that I was ever going to see a game like that out of him. Um, the wa- Giving up one walk, he had uh, a handful of strikeouts, five, I believe. Jesse, he had five. seven. He had seven. Did he had seven? He had yeah. seven. Limited the base base hits as well, and gave yep. up I think a home run to um to Gallo, which is whatever. That's just kind of by the numbers. He was due anyways. Um, one of the one of the one of the Yankees big big guys are due for a hit almost every game. Yep. You play that into into averages and everything like that. Like Kikuchi had had a great start is exactly what he needed. Definitely a, a thumbs up from us guys here um, at Buds and Blue Jays. Cause you say Kikuchi, man, you, you worked a good start, man. Let's see more of this. Absolutely. So we know what's in there. I want to see it a little bit more going forward. Uh, Riley, moving on to our next thumbs up. What do you got? Yeah, this one's a little bit more of a, um, the lighthearted ones. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to give it to, and actually names were addressed. I don't have those names off by heart. Um, one of our fans in, um, in the first deck section and left center field, I think more towards left field gave a Aaron judge home run ball to a young Yankees fan, a nine year old kid with an Aaron judge Jersey and kid pretty well broke down. Um, They both got to meet him the next day. It was, it was one of those, it was one of those. And I'll take one of them. I'll take the uh, a quote from my favorite movie and probably the best movie ever created. (laughs) How can you not be romantic about baseball? (laughs) Yeah, uh, Michael was the guy's name, and Derek was the kid's name there. Um, it was a heartwarming gesture. You've probably seen it all throughout the internet and stuff. It's kind of blowing up on baseball social media. But the Blue Jays fan caught an Aaron Judge home run, and he turned around to celebrate. He saw the kid and the look of joy in the kid's eyes as he was handing him the baseball. So good. So heartwarming. Riley, I have two thoughts about this whole thing. One, well, great that he was able to go in. He got a bunch of Blue Jays swag. He got a George Springer signed jersey out of it. The kid got to meet Aaron Judge. So great win all around for everyone. My first thought is, what are they doing allowing Yankee fans into our building, first of all? Like, come on. And then the second thing, Riley, uh, what would you do if you were in that spot and you caught a home run ball? Is it from our guys or the Yankees? Like, honestly, it's pretty heat of the moment. Uh, Wrigley, they have this tradition that um, an opposing team hits a home run, they throw it back. And quite honestly, Jesse, I've always always liked that. Um, Yeah, it's kind of fun. I find... and and this I'm, this might be bashing Jays fans, but it's bashing baseball fans in general. And I hope the Yankees actually get bashed for this the most, because um, I have a real gripe about the Yankees. I should have a whole separate podcast on <laughs> why I dislike the Yankees. We didn't we didn't even really talk about that that instance with uh, with the Guardians, but that was pretty bad. Right, but right. Um, I think that fans should throw those home run balls back from opposing teams. I think it's I think it's it's disrespectful, but in a good way. Like we don't want this crap. Get it out of here. Um, mm-hmm. If it's if there's a young fan, like as as a goer to baseball games, I always think, uh, okay, where's 
where's either like the youngest kid who's, you know, around me or where's the prettiest girl where I give the foul ball to. Right. Of course. And of usually course. it's, and, and, and I don't have to look very far. You know, it's always my girlfriend sitting right next to me. Oh. So I don't have to go far. <laughs> right. I know. Save that one. eh? Yeah. Um, I don't have to go very far there. Um, but yeah, I don't have much thought towards it, to be honest, Jesse. It's part of the game. It has been for, 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 for years, man. It's, um, foul balls and home run balls. I thought the gesture was extremely, extremely nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it made the kids probably made the kids year. He'll always remember that moment, dude. Oh, I absolutely. mean, Aaron, Aaron, a nine year old kid wearing his jersey. Yeah, it's pretty big stuff, man. Just goes to show that Jays fans are some of the best in the business and, and always will be. For me personally, I was one of those kids who always wanted baseball, never got one. I would probably catch it. I'd probably take a photo of it, you know, put something on the gram or at Snapchat, my friends. Then I'd give it to the kid unless it was like a monumental ball, like it was the 500th home run of someone's career or it was a big home run in the postseason or something. But more often than not, the kid will be the one who ends up with that baseball. Uh, Riley, I want to move on to another thumbs up. We got to give some credit here to Bo Bichette, our guy. We talked about it last episode when he was a thumbs down for us that he was starting to kind of show signs that he was coming out of this. And he had two multi-hit games to begin this series, including two doubles. And in fact, coming into the game yesterday, he had seven hits over his last four games, including a home run and a steal. His OPS improved from 515 to 615 in just the five games. So let's hope this is the start of something. As aside from the few clutch hits that Bo Bichette has had, he was dreadful to start the, the year. So it's good to see this little streak and hopefully this can continue and he can become the guy that we thought he could be. My favorite Bo Bichette moment um, wasn't it was it was a full count double where he legitimately took pitches and mm-hmm. got a good pitch. I mean, he had I was watch. I looked on the, the stat cast and where the strike zone is, and he had yeah. a single into right field that was way out of the strike zone. <laughs> Way of the strike, and that's Bobichet doing Bobichet things. Yep. Whatever he he waited out. I believe it was an eight pitch at bat um, to hit a double mm-hmm. on a full count. Bobichet worked the count to full and hit a double. That's so a good at bat. Yep. Better better poise there. That's something I love to see for Bobichet, man. That's that's a definite thumbs up. I love the improvement, man. Stats aren't going to jump up all at once. It's a work in progress here. It's a work in progress, man. Definitely a step in the right direction, and hopefully you can keep it going in this series in Cleveland. Uh, from the positives, Riley, now we're going to the negatives. We're going to go into our three down that we saw from the Yankees, and probably more to talk about because if the Jays finally lose a series, there's got to be some negative stuff going on. And Riley, my question to you is, where the hell is this offense? Coming into Wednesday's game, the Blue Jays had lost four of their last seven, scoring just an average of 2.4 runs per game. Like, that's just not going to cut it. I know offense is down in MLB as the whole, but this team was supposed to be built on its offense. Really, only George Springer, Vlad, and Zach Collins had an OPS above 800, and even Zach Collins is just one for his last 12. So Guriel, Kirk, Chapman, Bo, Tapia were all supposed to be good offensive pieces for this team, and they've all underwhelmed. So I know Teoscar Hernandez is coming back soon, but Riley, what is it going to take to fix this offense? It's going to take just a tad more time. I believe this mm-hmm. team, after we suffered that series against... Um, the Yankees, I yep. think that we're going to face a, and a Cleveland has Cleveland has a good pitching staff. There's yep. no doubt about that, but I believe it is with, I think the majority are right-handed hitters that we can hit and hit well. Um, we did a good job. You talk about Bo being more selective at the plate. That's yep. all fine and dandy. So if you got Bo having better plate discipline and Chapman having better uh, contact rate at the plate. So that's two two starters right there 
That's two out of nine guys in our batting order. That's already an improvement. So now where does it go down from there? Yes, when Teoscar comes back, obviously that's going to be a huge thing. Um, honestly, it's only a matter of time before Vladdy starts tearing the cover off the ball yeah, again. He's it really due for a hot series. He really uh, is. Uh, he is, man. Baseball is yeah. a game of averages. It's a game of numbers. And you know Vladdy's due. It's a four-game series versus the Guardians. I bet you Sunday night, I believe, is when we're doing our next episode. Yep. Um, we'll be thumbs up in Vladdy, I'm sure. It's just okay, it's okay. he's due he's due for big numbers, man. Uh Lourdes, honestly, I feel like when the team starts picking up, he'll do the same thing. And as far as Kirk goes, um, you know what? He's making good contact at the plate. He's not really hitting home runs. Maybe Kirk is is the traditional catcher. Maybe he finishes the year with five home runs. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I did want to give Alondra Kirk a little bit of thumbs down. We talked about our defense, uh, his defense in the last episode, how his framing is up to the third best in baseball, which is great, which is, I think, what we want. The Blue Jays as a team wanted Alejandro Kirk to deliver, but it's come at the expense of his bat so far. And the bat has been quite bad, honestly. Now, I want to go back to how Alejandro Kirk came up, where he came up from A ball and he came right to the big leagues and he got to the big leagues and he started hitting right away. So we thought, oh, maybe he doesn't need this seasoning. Maybe not. But if you look at his spray chart, he only got his first extra base hit of the season just in this series, and he hadn't had one before then. And he hasn't pulled a ball out of the infield for a single. All of his outfield hits have gone to the opposite field, which is nice. You like to see, but you also want to see that power and get his bat through the zone here. So once you see Alejandro Kirk start doing that, then I think it'll be a sign of life that this bat is coming back to normal. Yeah, and I think when Jansen comes back to, honestly, I, there's, there will be a spot this order when we have our three um, – Catchers, when Jansen comes back, it'll be mm-hmm. more to do with Collins, not Kirk. Kirk's, Kirk's a full-timer on this roster. He will for yes, sure be agreed. here. Um, just finding the power. I don't know, getting his hands around faster. Uh, the difference between pulling and pushing pitches, I mean, that's good for to Kirk, considering I was only a pull hitter anyways. <laughs> that's what, one thing he has on me. Um you know what? I got no problem with it, especially as a catcher. I'm old school that way, though. Like, if my catcher hit five home runs, I'd be happy with it and played and was the third best framer in baseball. I think that's great. But we're in a new era of baseball, and Kirk is supposed to be um, a great tool hitter. Um, we've Don't get me wrong. The thumbs down we're giving him is kind of at his power. Definitely yeah. not at his Definitely yeah, yeah, not yeah. at his contact. I believe before the show we talked, he's still walking at a greater rate, rate than his strikeouts, which is – Which is quite hey, right. Like, let's be honest. That's that's pretty good. Um, just let you know. Maybe some power. The power will come. I'm sure, Jesse. But just the, the, like as a team as a whole, our power numbers just aren't there. Well, which is crazy because this team is still second place in hard hit percentage, and we're leading baseball in home runs. And boy, it sure doesn't feel like it, does it? <laughs> our our ba- um, let's uh, let's backtrack. Whoop. Let's talk about so Chapman got robbed of a hit, a hard hit ball. Stan yeah. robbed him in that Yankees yeah, game. That, sure did. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on that too much. But that Yankees game was a bit of a crapshoot. Both sides. Let's be honest. I'm just happy we walked away. No injuries, no suspensions. Yeah. Like let's move on to four game set. Whatever. Um, but we were, dude. It's 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 always going to be there. We're always going to hit the ball hard. We got big, strong guys on this team. I don't know what our Babbitt would be. I bet you it's not very good, though, because um, we've, we're hitting the ball so hard. Yeah, and one more thing, too, that I think is really causing this Blue Jays offense to struggle is that we cannot get a hit with runners in scoring position. Like, the team has a 168 batting average with runners in scoring position. 
which is the worst through 25 games in Blue Jays franchise history. So the, I know the Jays were historically black, bad in clutch situations last year, which led to us underperforming our expectations and causing this team to miss the playoffs. And so far this year, our pitching side has been really clutch. Whenever we've got a lead, our bullpen's been able to hold it down. But maybe we wouldn't be winning all these one-run games if our offense hadn't been so silent. You know, maybe these one-run leads would turn into four-run leads if we could just get some hits with runners in scoring position, Riley. And how do you fix this? Is this a coaching issue? You can't just tell a player to be more clutch. Like, what's the solution here? I mean, clutch is is clutch a real? That's like saying, do you believe in magic? I mean, it's an illusion. The clutch factor is really an illusion. It comes down to performance and numbers mm-hmm. and exceptional moments. I I believe that there is players with these clutch genes, these sure. players that will come through in big moments. Um, has there been clutch situations in game? Yeah, for sure. We just had one. Um, it was reliever of the month, Jordan Romano. Yep. Uh, by the way, but a lot of these players, it's still, the season is still very young. We're far off until the dog days in August and early September when the gate, when we're cracking down and we're fighting for the division, but these early games will bring us to that point. So we got to win games here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Vlad has a clutch gene. He's just young, man. It comes down to experience too. We don't actually have a lot of players besides George Springer who have played in big games and big moments. And I think that really means a lot. Leadership is important. Like we're a very new team. We're a very fresh team. I know that it seems like we've been around forever. A lot of these guys, cause they're yeah. such good young players, but we're, we're still a very youthy team with not a lot of leadership. I mean, reuse a veteran, like I said, George Springer, but as far as that goes, we still got a lot of guys under the age of 30 that are still fresh. Yeah, maybe uh, towards eventually, the trade deadline this year we can start mm-hmm, adding some veteran pieces. Mm-hmm. Eventually, these guys this year will start to develop that clutch gene, if you want to call it that. Um, but I'm not pushing the panic button yet at all, Jesse. All right, good stuff. Uh, some minor news that the Jays have done. We have just signed left-handed pitcher Derek Holland, and he will likely pitch in relief for this team, just like he did with the Detroit Tigers last year. Uh, Casey Lawrence, who's been pitching pretty good for Buffalo, is up as well. Going down is our left-handed uh, pitcher, Andrew Vasquez. And Goske Cato, our buddy, has just been DFA'd. So heartbreaking to see there. We'll see what happens to him. Uh, Dexter Fowler, who has been part of our outfielder depth and was in AAA, was just granted his release by the team. And probably a bad time to mention that Josh Palacios has an OPS over 1,000 in Washington's AAA team right now. And boy, it sure seems like uh, the Jays could use him right now. And two little quick notes. Kevin Biggio is beginning a rehab assignment for AAA Buffalo. And uh, Ryan Brucky threw off a mound today to Danny Jansen. And both seem like they're not too far behind. So any big takeaways out of those news there, right? Oh, Jansen for sure, dude. Just catching in uh, in general. Um, sucks that you bring up guys like Palacios, though. It's always yeah. tough. Um, I was I'm always taking one of the young guys. I didn't want a Dexter Fowler, and um, yeah, it's tough, man. Would have been nice to have Palacios, especially with that injury, man. I mean, I know that we got um, I know that we got Zimmer, but you know, like what cuts it? What does what doesn't cut it? Right. Um, and pitching is always important too. Uh, Holland, I believe, is a southpaw, right? We yeah, got a lefty, lefty there, yeah. so we'll see. That could be a that could be a crafty move. I'm not too sure. I know he used to be a starter for Texas. For Texas yeah. At at some point, I know he was a divisional rival of ours. So whether he pitches for us or he doesn't, we'll see. Doesn't hurt to have a good arm, and obviously, seems like it would be one of those things that we just send him down and then release him if it doesn't pan out. 
Yep. It's, there's nothing bad as like a bad waiver for signing or a cheap guy on a free agent. So if it clicks, it's great. If it doesn't, you're no far further behind than you just were. Uh, with that being said, the Jays are 16 and 10. We are two and a half games back at the New York Yankees for first place. And we are heading on the road. We're going to the Cleveland to visit the Guardians, who are 11 and 13, three and a half games back in their division for a four-game series here. Game one, we have Jose Barrios against Aaron Savali. Game two is looking like Kevin Gosman against Shane Bieber. Game three will be Ross Stripling against Tristan McKenzie. Game four will be Alec Manoa against Zach Plezak. And for what it's worth, it does sound like Teoscar Hernandez will be making his return to the lineup, if not in game one, at some point this weekend. So that'll be exciting to see. So, Riley, what are you looking forward to watching most of this series? Uh, first thing, we'll start with that first game matchup when we got Jose uh, Barrios. Yep. And I say Barrios because I got in trouble on uh, on our <laughs> video there. Some I, some guy, some good fan, I don't know. I, I assume he's from Calgary. I do know how I do know how to pronounce its name. His name. It's just more or less watching years and years of Don Cherry and getting real lazy on pronunciations. Yeah. So Jose, Jose Barrios in game yeah, one. I go. do not yeah. need. I do not need a Lasano Espanol. <laughs> I am. I'm very. I'm very up on my Spanish. No, it's going to be a good si, pitching senor. matchup, man. Yeah, we see. We don't. We don't need. You know, we we don't need the pitchers to be extraordinary. What we need, really, Jesse, is this offense to explode. I believe our pitchers are just fine. I believe that we're equally matched with um with the Guardians in this series. To be quite honest with you, I think that their starters are exceptional, mm-hmm. probably the best best in that weaker um, American League Central, in my opinion. And um, we're playing on the road for four games. That could be tough. But we gotta we gotta fly out of the gate, man. We need to hit their starters and hit their starters hard. And it's gonna come from Barrios in the first start, and it's gonna come in the last start with um Manoa uh, the last start. Right. I'm really Alex excited. The- I'm really excited to see Shane Bieber against Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman's been great for this team, and Shane Bieber's Cleveland's ace. So I think that's gonna be a hell of a good yeah. pitching matchup. Oh, it's it's man, it's gonna be an ex- it's gonna be an exceptional. I hope that games aren't two one. We really need to get our offense around. And that Tristan McKenzie kid, if there's one there's one X factor for that team, it's it's their uh, pitcher Tristan McKenzie, who is an absolute laser thrower of a pitcher, and he's someone you got to watch out for. Like I said, Cleveland's they are not as good offensively as us, but they match us in pitching. I would say for sure, we got to get on their pitchers and get on them early in this series. Especially with Aaron Savali starting game one, who has struggled this year, has an ERA over 10. So let's bounce on him early and let's set the tone for the rest of this series. Uh, Riley, that's going to do it for episode today. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Our numbers are going up and up and up and we want to keep that going. We'll be uh, hitting the big time before you know it there. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at BudsJace. If you want to be on the show or if you have a comment or something, just let us know. We're happy to engage with you there. Um, we've got the Blue Jays covered. Now all we need are our buds. So be sure to check out our friends over at Leafs and Lads. They had a nice postseason primer, and the lads are hyped after their game one victory. Not so much after game two, but they'll be uh, taking the highs and lows of being a Maple Leafs fan. So check out those guys as well. Riley, anything else to add before we head out of here? Yeah, it's nice that uh, we obviously got a lot of great local fans here. It's also nice to hear the support way down in uh, Houston, Texas, too. (laughs) You know, we got fans all over the globe now. I guess they didn't, you know, like I wasn't a too fan, uh, too much of a fan of our um, our Houston calling them the trash Joes. But you know what? I'm sure he hears that enough. And you know what? That uh, that legacy will move on forever. And I'm glad I'm glad that we're me and you are doing a podcast for what I would consider to be a very well respected organization in this Mm -hmm. wonderful country of Canada that I am so damn privileged to live in and will never leave in my life, man. It's damn good to be a Jays fan. Let's go to Cleveland. Let's clean up the Guardians. 
and let's get this pennant race going. Let's go. I'm hyped. Let's do it. And if we're getting under the skin of other people's fan bases, I think we're doing the right thing over here. So have a good night, everybody. We'll see you on Sunday to recap the Cleveland series. Thanks, guys.